Our desire is to become gospel-shaped people who, in response to the grace received from Christ, follow his example of love and service to others. Exploring this transformation through the reflection of God's word and the experience of others as we go. someone I've been wanting to talk to for a while now since we started this podcast and someone that I knew would have a lot to say on this idea of living a gospel-shaped life and someone who played a very important role in really getting I think an entire church to begin to see what it looked like to live gospelly. Uh, that person is Darren Smith. Darren Smith is uh, a former preaching minister from East Sunshine Church of Christ. He's now working at Lipscomb University, doing amazing things down there. Uh, we miss hearing from Darren, and so I'm really excited to get to talk to him today. And I feel like I say this almost with every person I talk to, but I know that Darren is an extremely busy person now, so I'm very grateful and thankful that he was willing to take time out of that busy schedule to sit and talk with me for just a little while. So I hope getting to hear from Darren again is um, just as much of a pleasure to you as it as it was to me. Uh, Darren, I think one of the things I miss over the last year yeah. of, of all is getting to drink coffee and, and talk gospel and football <laughs> with you. Yeah. So we at least get two of those. Right. Two of those today. At least, I don't know. You've got coffee? Some, some coffee. Yeah. Me too. Mine's not Dude. that great. I, all my, <laughs> all my coffee stuff is left down in my classroom down in mm -hmm. frozen stone County. So yeah, sorry. It's, this is from a putrid coffee machine, but sorry about that. Mine's tasting pretty good. <laughs> don't want to brag or anything, but well, I, I think <laughs> I've said, I probably have said this to a couple different people and I don't think that means it's, untrue but you are also along with other people on this short list of of when i was thinking about when we we're talking about this podcast and what it would look like and okay well who do we want to talk to mm -hmm. i mean my short list had very few people and obviously you were one of those people i was on that list because um i mean whenever we're talking about you know looking at what is a gospel-shaped life look yeah. like yeah my first immediate thought was, well, I need to talk to Darren then, because at least for me, like thinking about even my own life, you know, it's, it's very obvious to see like some of the influences on me of what it looks like, I think, to mm. be shaped gospelly. And you were definitely in that crew. So again, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Those are kind words. Taking time to do that, but also taking time to sit and and talk to me for just a minute. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of people who will be looking forward to, to hearing from you again. Um, so I'll just go ahead and st I'll, I'll start this off just sure. like I have with, with others. Um, can you talk for just a minute about what do you think it looks like to live a, a gospel-shaped life? When, I, when, when someone uses that phrase, a gospel-shaped life, even if you've really never heard of it phrase like that before like what sorts of things start coming to mind 
Yeah, and, and let me uh, let me let me start off with just a, a greeting, and then I'll mm-hmm. uh, answer that. But let me just say to everyone, good evening, loved ones. I am uh, thankful to be with you, and so this is a great this is a great opportunity. I love it. Getting to getting to sip on coffee, sit with you. Um, <laughs> we're not at the same table, but no. we are at the table, and we're getting to talk about it's God. Not too, it's not and too shabby. Um, so yeah, there, you know, I think to, to answer that question, well, um, of course, I think we need to understand what gospel means. What are we talking about when we say gospel shaped life? Mm -hmm. What is the understanding of the gospel? Um, if we're going to understand a gospel shaped life. And so I I have to think about that. So I'll, I'll say it like this. There are so many ways that we could we could talk about gospel. There are so many ways I think we can summarize gospel. Um, you know, uh, there, it, the gospel is just popping up everywhere. It is. I think the gospel is uh, just longs to be seen and heard all over the world in in so many ways. And um, so I'm going to break it down like this for tonight. Now, this. <laughs> Um, in in some ways might be different kind of language that I've used before, but this is how I'll put it. The the first thing I think about when I think about uh, living a gospel-shaped life, what that means is I'm living in a new reality with God Mm. that he has made possible and that I have received freely. So I'm, I'm living in a new reality with God. And, um, I have um, been the recipient of grace and the grace that God has offered me in Jesus Christ, uh, the gift that Jesus has offered me Mm -hmm. through his sacrificial death, through the resurrection of the dead, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that's put me in a completely different reality with God. So now I'm living in this new reality with God, this relationship as with that fundamental identity as a loved one. Mm-hmm. And I'm also living in that. Th- th- so this relationship with him, with God, he's father, he's the Abba. He is um, pleased, not because of my performance, but because of the performance that, that Jesus um, has stamped on my life and has made possible for me. So I don't deserve anything, but I have been given everything. Yeah. And I think living from that place, this new reality with God in relationship with him is, is part of uh, what now, what uh, motivates that, that gospel shaped life, because Mm -hmm. really it's, that's, that's part of what we mean by gospel. Uh, this relationship that God has brought us into. Yeah. Uh, the second thing it means is that I'm living as a new human being. So to live a gospel-shaped life is to live as a new human being. It, it means that um, God, by breaking into my life through Jesus, eliminating uh, the barriers that were there because of sins, actions that he's forgiven, 
and the dominance and the power of sin that he has freed me from, um, he's now breathed new life into me. Just as Jesus was resurrected, he has resurrected me and he's made me into a new human being. And, and so uh, part of that understanding is that I'm new, but I'm also being renewed day by day. I'm being made new more and more every day. And uh, that means that my uh, emotions, my intellect, uh, my spiritual life, um, my will, uh, all of those things now are be being shaped into this new human being. And Jesus is the model for that. Um, so Jesus comes not only as uh, God with us, uh, as the representative of God, but he is also the representative of humanity. Jesus is the human being that we were intended to be. Mm -hmm. And by the power of the spirit and by this new reality with God and this new um, life, this new humanity that he's given me, now I'm able to, to begin to take on that character. So all of those changes within me, this, this new human being I'm becoming, are being shaped and fashioned by the spirit into the kind of human being that Jesus taught me how to become. Yeah. So, and I think about uh, one of the great, to me, one of the great verses in, in the gospel of Luke is in Luke 6, 40, where Jesus, I think, gives us very succinct uh, definition of what it means to be his disciple when he says, um, a student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Mm -hmm. So now I'm this new human being and I'm being crafted and shaped by this good news, this new reality that I don't deserve anything, but I've been given everything. This relationship that I have been given from God as a gift and I'm living in that and um, he's shaping me more into the image of Jesus which means brings me to, to a third point. And that is, that means I'm also no longer living for myself. Mm. Now, of course, I'm living in this new reality, not only this new reality with God and as a new human being, but now I'm beginning to see the world completely differently because I don't see myself at the center of the narrative anymore. I see that, that God is at the center of the narrative under and in my old humanity that is that is full of sin i can only see myself at the center which uh that center doesn't hold it, it breaks apart and so he reorients me as a new human being living in this new reality with god i now begin to see more rightly i don't see perfectly and won't see perfectly until heaven but i begin to see things more rightly and so this part of this shaping is this orientation to what's what's true in the world. And I wasn't created to live for myself. I wasn't created to live with myself at the center. Um, I was created to live with God at the center, but I'm also created not just uh, for myself as an individual, but I'm a part of this bigger story that God is, he's invited me into his story. He has invited me into what he is doing in the world. I get to be a part of that. He's, he calls me into that. 
And that's an incredible thing. Um, and without the gospel, I would never be a person who would be living for someone besides myself. Mm-hmm. Um, without the gospel, I will continue to live for myself. And it will be um, a very selfish-shaped life rather yeah. than a gospel-shaped life. No, I, I love that, that. I love that phrase of... <clears throat> of a new reality. It makes me, I mean, it just makes me think of, I mean, the, the nerd inside of me wants to think about <laughs> stuff from like Avengers and things like that. That's the, one of the first things I thought of, but any like um, <laughs> of like shaping this new reality, but like, that is like a, a good image of, you know, like there's this life that I want. There's this, this vision, there's this way of seeing the world that I, I want to have, and that's not really possible without the gospel. Because as you just said, as you just pointed out, if I don't have that reality, the reality that comes from the gospel, then I'm going to just continue to do what I want. And I think that's always, and I love that you phrase it like that, because I think that's an important distinction between the gospel and between, I mean, really probably any other organized religion or, or code of ethics or morals in the world because anything where else would have you believe that well if you want to achieve this enlightenment if you want to achieve this this good life well then you're going to do these things right and that's how you'll achieve that but that the gospel is like how would i just change your circumstance and change your reality and that will then completely alter the way you're even operating in this world so yeah that's my way of saying I really enjoyed that <laughs> the way yeah. you phrased that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think I think one of the that's one of the challenges, in, in my opinion, one of the challenges we face in in a twenty first century um, America is that we are uh, we're so individualistic. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. So it's easy to make the gospel about me. Um, it's easy for for the gospel to be all about this individual. This is what Jesus has done for me, and of course, that is a major part of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it is for every human being, every individual, every person. Um, but when I when I begin this new reality, helps me to see something way bigger than just me. And when I've been made into a new human being, I'm made into a human being who's been made for community not only this vertical relationship with God, but the community, this vertical, vertical, uh, this horizontal relationship with other people, and then finding my place in this bigger story where God is already at work. And uh, so salvation is holistic. And so it's way bigger than just the salvation of the soul. uh, And it's way bigger than just uh, about what God is, is, is doing in and for me. Now it's, it's about what he's doing through me as well. That's part of the good news Yeah, is the, is the outflow of what mm-hmm. consequences of, of being rescued and, and restored. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think, I think this kind of leads right into that. If, you know, could you talk about just a little bit about, you know, where have you seen some of this in your own experience, like from your own life, this idea of this, this gospel shaped life and living like where do you where have you seen that in your own in your own life i'm sure there's many examples but you can pick and choose yes. well i would hope that you know one of the things that as we're becoming new human beings 
we would we and I would begin to recognize more and more that it it, um, it shapes everything. Mm. Um, and so if this if God is with me in present, He's with me in present in all my moments. Um, maybe it's actually just a little different. Maybe it's it's the new reality is that He's making me present to all His moments. <laughs> So, that, so that, <laughs> yeah. So that now I've I've awakened to what what's really happening since I recognize I'm not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And um, so, well, uh, I can start with um, when I think about relationship with God. So let's just go back to that new reality with God. Um. I think, and I have talked about this in different places over the years um, in Springfield uh, with East Sunshine. I talked about this a lot with CR. I did, I talked about this a lot uh, individually in a lot of uh, just discipleship moments and community moments. But um, I think the big change for me in, in life was recognizing that the gospel meant that um, Christ had achieved for me in every moment and in, and in particular in those moments where I felt uh, failure because I had sinned because mm-hmm. I, I was guilty. It wasn't just that I felt guilty. I was guilty. Right. And, and recognizing in that moment, Jesus has died for this moment. Uh, he was resurrected for this moment. He has redeemed me for this moment. And I think the big change for me came when I was uh, about 29 and I had, um, I really had, I think, a spiritual crisis. That same year was the year that we got robbed at gunpoint mm-hmm. uh, in Uganda. And we had to deal with that. Uh, we had some crises, uh, relational crises in our, in our team that we were having to deal with and sort through. I was having some personal uh, crises because personally, I was in this place um, where I, I was living out what Jesus said about the Pharisees in Mark chapter seven, that um, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And that's, I was a missionary in Uganda. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing the work. This is the front lines right here. Um, at least that's kind of what you tell yourself. And so I had battled uh, for years since my teen years, I had battled uh you know, with um, lust and really trying to just overcome uh, sexual impurity in my in my mind and um, in my heart and my and my will, and and then I but I still found myself battling that, and so I had that, and I I had kind of gone into this greedy place as well, where I was I wasn't handling money well, I was being way more selfish and way less generous. That brought me to this place when I was 29. So early of night, early 1998 uh, of this crisis and recognizing how desperate I was and that I, I couldn't achieve my goodness, my good missionary works, my devotional life. Cause I wasn't missing any days in my devotional life. <laughs> I had a journal to prove it. I was reading like crazy in scripture, reading devotional books and all kinds of theology books and mm-hmm. cross-cultural books. I was, I, mean, I was a student and um, on the surface looked like a good missionary and my heart was so far and it, it, 
it, it, uh, the crisis of faith really came when I, when I began to confess to my closest friends what was going on in my life and then opening myself to the reality that what God had achieved for me in Christ was enough. And um, so that personal thing began to change the way I felt about myself. It began to change the way I felt about other people. Um, I could very quickly forgive other people, but I would withhold joy from myself mm. as if that was going to make God happy. God, I, <laughs> I have sinned. I do not deserve to be happy. So I'm going, I tell you what, you don't have to withhold joy from me. I'll do it. I'll do, I'll do it. it for, I'll do it myself. I'll withhold joy. So I just, I would make myself as miserable as possible as if that was we're going to make God happy somehow. Just that's not gospel. So that was huge for me um, and began to change my entire demeanor, mm -hmm. uh, certainly towards God, but even towards myself. Um, and, you know, because that's part of the new reality um, in, in God is that you begin to see yourself differently and um, coming to, to uh, even, I think it is, it sounds humble, to say um, when we when we um, are self-deprecating, mm -hmm. uh, but when you realize I'm a creation of God and God has valued me enough to die for me in, through Christ, um, we begin to say, "Wait, I'm, I'm valuable to Him. Uh, if God loves me, maybe I should love myself, and if God likes me, maybe I should like myself." That began a shift in me, um, so that was huge. And then the service part of it, the community part of it. I mean, those mm -hmm. things, uh, living for other people and other stories and bigger things than just me. Um, and, and, and that new reality transformed that. So um, those are some practical ways. And of course, you know, it, it begins to change everything because it changes the way you look at money. It mm -hmm. changes the way you look at what you give. It, it changes the way you look at what you keep. It changes the way you look at entertainment. And I'll just say, I had to get the gospel. I had to let the gospel into my life as a Razorback fan because <laughs> I was singing Psalms of Lament. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, I'm just going to have to realize that um, that really cussing uh, in a Razorback game is not a good idea. That's and right. <laughs> it seems very natural. <laughs> Really, they just they just invited in. <laughs> I they too. I had to I had to come to this place where I went okay, and you know because I I went I went for years to the Razorback games in Fayetteville, driving from Springfield, uh -huh. and I, I used to joke with Ronnie Lightfoot because um, we would text a lot about it. And he he's an SEC fan, you know, with the with LSU and so forth. And I would be driving back late at night. It's 1230. I'm getting up to preach the next morning and <laughs> I'm on my way. I have to listen to Rend Collective yeah. or to Bethel or to Hillsong. <laughs> Flush it out. Yet another loss and I'm devastated and I'm mad. And so, you know, I, but, but the, the serious thing is the gospel is in the gospel in those moments. Mm -hmm. The gospel is still the gospel in those moments yeah. of, of disappointment with a petty game uh, and, and all of that surrounds it. And I had to let the gospel into those moments. So I would get in the car after the game was over. I would immediately go into, I wouldn't listen to talk radio shows because that was maybe worse. 
<laughs> I would turn on my music. I'd turn on this worship and I would praise the Lord. And man, it, it completely shifted the way that I was thinking about mm-hmm. the next day. And so <laughs> after another loss, I would text Ronnie and say, well, tomorrow Sunday. <laughs> best day of the week <laughs> so, doesn't the gospel it's supposed to work into those moments right it's supposed yeah. to work into that, so I'm, I'm pretty sure or i'm pretty sure i've received a few of those texts from you, you have. watching you have. watching <laughs> watching old tony romo laying on the turf and getting a text from darren like hey it's still sunday, <laughs> it's, okay, it's, sunday. It's, that's right well <laughs> yeah that one is still sunday yeah, <laughs> no i love that because needs to be now he's 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 best in the booth oh he's he's awesome <laughs> he's excellent um no i i love that that you you're able to i don't know if you if you did this intentionally you're if you did you're you're being a great teacher right now but like you you know kind of juxtapose these these two things where it's like seeing the gospel work in in some very large and and um uh, you know, just large events in your life, like very, very even harmful things, like huge things that would have a big impact on the swing of like which way your life would go and seeing the gospel impact that. And then seeing, like you said, seeing the gospel impact something as petty as a, as a football game. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like that, that vision of seeing that, that the gospel isn't just for like these massive crisis. That's the word I was trying to find, like these massive crisis in my life, which it obviously is, but it can redeem those and it can redeem a flat tire on the way to work. You know, <laughs> you know, it can, and it can be anywhere. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing. Um, years ago, I, I, um, in 2010, actually, I, I did a series that year on the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was one of those times where I remember it was in that series that that deep truth, that the Holy Spirit is present and working to shape his fruit in me, to produce the character of Jesus in me. Mm. Um, In the ordinary, mundane, day-to-day accidents and miscues and mishaps and boredom and long lines and traffic jams and frustrations, if he wasn't going to transform me in those moments, when was he going to transform me? Right. Is he only going to transform me when I'm in a worship time? Is he only going to transform me when I have my Bible open and it's quiet and everything's calm and I'm sipping on my coffee? Or is he going to transform me in the mid- in the midst of some chaotic moment mm-hmm. and uh, in a moment of inconvenience, just day-to-day inconvenience? And it was, it was a huge thing for me uh, to see the spirit breaking in and saying, these are the day-to-day moments that mm-hmm. I want to transform you and to produce my character. When else am I going to produce my patience in you? Except in these moments that you're standing in line. <laughs> and it's in- having to be patient. Oh my goodness. So those were, those were um, important um, realizations for me. That's awesome. Uh, well, for this last question, I, I know you have some good things to say about this because we've talked about it, you know, a bajillion times, it seems like, but what do you think a gospel shaped church looks like? And I feel like I clarify this every week and sometimes I feel like I need to, and other times I'm like, I don't need to clarify, but I will just for the sake of hearing myself talk, you know, that obviously I'm not exactly looking for what is church from nine to 12 look like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's an important part 
of of our lives as believers, but in, in more of a sense, um, what does the big church, big C, what does a gospel-shaped church look like to you? What are some things you think of? Interesting you would ask that part of the question because right now the, the class that I'm teaching at Lipscomb is the story of the church. <laughs> And so it follows the story of Jesus. And, and the, so the gospel of Luke is our basic text for the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the book of Acts is our basic text for the story of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and Acts is just the carryover. It, in fact, Luke simply points out at the very beginning of, that, of the book of Acts that, um, so he reminds Theophilus that I, I wrote to you about all that Jesus began mm to do and teach the volume one was just the beginning the work of jesus the ministry and mission of jesus is Mm -hmm. continuing it's just continuing through his people so the gospel shaped life that jesus had come to demonstrate to live out to preach and remember the gospel didn't happen after jesus's death and resurrection jesus came preaching the gospel so we know that the gospel already (laughs) existed and so he comes preaching it it finds this great this great crescendo, so to speak, in, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, but he came preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's good news. Let's tell the world about this good news. So that this church then is, is gospel shaped because they've received it. They have a new reality and there, there's a new position in, in Christ. Um, and it's not, see, the thing is, it's what they've learned then is that it's no longer based on them being born as Jews. It, their their place as as the true people of God is not mm-hmm. based on that ethnicity and that religious heritage. Now it's based on putting faith in Christ, and that's that's open and free to everyone. So that changes then the way that they think. Now it's a hard long road in the Book of Acts and all of yeah. the rest of the letters. I mean, basically the whole New Testament is what does it mean to be a gospel shaped church? Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's still getting worked out. I mean, you know, day day one in the introduction of Acts to the class, I said, uh, what we're going to see by the end of this uh, is that we're living in Acts 29. Um, it ends in Acts 28, but we're living, we're continuing that, that role. So I think gospel-shaped church means that this, as a people, as a community, we're living that new reality together. Um, that new reality in, in relationship, Christ has made us one, whether we like it or not. And mm. sometimes we don't like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. just to be blunt about it, sometimes we don't like. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, do I really have to be united to you? It's it's not very fun sometimes. But we but he's re, he's he's united us. Mm-hmm. But we're one in Christ, and we're living out that we're living in the reality of that unity and our position. So it also reminds us that we're living as people who deserve nothing, but have been given everything. So there's, we're not jockeying for position. We're not mm. jockeying for power. We're not, when, when people fail, when people fail us, uh, when members fail leaders and when leaders fail members and when members fail each other and leaders fail each other in a church, we're, we're all of those failures are taking place in, in, in this new reality in, in mm-hmm. God. They're, they're, those failures are taking place in gospel. So uh, you may remember kind of the, the metaphor I would use from time to time is grace is not a tightrope. It's a field. 
Mm. So when we fall and fail as individuals, we fall into this field of grace, but it's the same. The same is true of us as a, as a church. Yeah. We, we fall into this grace. And so we can, we can look at each other and, and, and know that you are covered by the same grace I'm covered by. Let's, mm-hmm. let's figure this out together. But then it, it's not only happening in community together, but that gospel shape is uh, in, in the uh, community at large as well um, with people that don't yet know the gospel. They haven't heard the announcement. Hey, announcement. Um, God has broken into this broken world and has changed it forever through Jesus Christ. And uh, they, they haven't heard that announcement yet. They haven't yeah. seen it into practice. So we do that. And, you know, there are, there are these pictures in the book of Acts where you get an idea of what the gospel-shaped church looked like. So Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47 is, is the first snapshot. Mm-hmm. This is where, you know, the believers were devoted to the apostles' teaching, uh, to um, fellowship, to the breaking bread and prayer. And so they were devoted to those things and you know, there was no need among them because there was no greed. There was no need because there was no greed. Everybody had, they had everything in common. It was all good. They sold their possessions. They gave to people. They, they took care of each other and the community around them noticed they praised God. They got in their each other's homes and they went to the temple and they, they shared in the big gathering and they went to the little gatherings and they gathered and then they dispersed. They would scatter into their communities mm-hmm. And um, they would put it into practice. So um, I think the gospel-shaped church uh, has the same kinds of qualities that that are described in Jesus and through the fruit of the Spirit. So if an individual has those, so does a body of people. We have kindness, we have grace, we have patience, we have goodness. And we put those into practice with each other first, because that's where we really, that's the practice field. You know, that's the practice field. And then we put it into play in, in, in game day as we, as we scatter into the world. Yeah. Well, that's so good. That, that is so good. You know, talk to a coach here. So. That's right. It is coach speak. I'm right with you. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that because again, I think it's, it, it's this, it's having kind of an, it's very much turning upside down. I think a very traditional viewpoint of, of church of, you know, this idea that I live my life, I do my things. And then I come to church on Sunday to be a Christian and to, and to go through this process and the gospel in a sense turns everything, including our conventions of church upside down and says, no, 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 we'll come here so we can celebrate, rejuvenate, and share with one another, share with other like-minded people, like-minded people or sharing life as we like to say, you know, any sunshine. And so that then just like, yeah, in Acts 2, we can, we can go and go and scatter. I like that you said that we live in Acts 29 and all I could think of was how many of those people tried to open up their Bibles and turn to (laughs) Acts 29 (laughs) as as you said that. (laughs) (laughs) He knew his Bible. Oh, this guy, (laughs) it's Dr. Smith. (laughs) yeah well (laughs) um once again i i do appreciate you you taking time to to sit and talk every every time we we talk about these things i feel like you know come away with something to something to kind of chew on for the next for the next several days (laughs) you know um 
here's the thing about this is one of the things about being, you know, gospel shaped, living gospel shaped life is that. Um, so um, the there's a book writ Larry Crabb wrote years ago called The Pressure's Off. Mm. And the gospel allows us to live because of this new reality and because of our new humanity and because we, we uh, no longer live for ourselves. Mm -hmm. The pressure is off. We don't have to impress God. Um, God has been utmost impressed with Jesus and the presence of Jesus uh, for us and in us and through us. So we don't have to impress him. The pressure is off because God actually loves this world more than we do. So we don't have to like the prophets of Baal, you know, in first Kings 18, we don't have to dance around the altar and cut ourselves. And yell. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's it, the pressure is off. And yet at the same time, even with the pressure being off. His OK, so the way that Paul puts it in second Corinthians chapter five is that we are compelled. We are compelled uh, Christ love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. Listen to this, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, mm. but for him who died for them and was raised again. So then he, he goes good. on to talk about creation. It's good stuff. And so that's, that's what I think uh, we remember then is, um, while the pressure is off, at the same time, the love of God that is in, is limitless, inexhaustible, uh, compels us um, to keep offering ourselves to him first, to each other in love and in service to this world. That's a reality that I would That's like reality. to, that I am happy to live in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful yeah. to be in. Me too. Well, hopefully this is not the last time we get to we get to hear hear from you i'll try to be i'll try to swindle you into doing it again <laughs> sometime swindle away <laughs> make it happen well it's i pretty easy i think yeah <laughs> i hope so hey, you want to have a chat and drink some coffee yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you darren all right my pleasure good to be with you all and i uh, certainly uh love and miss our uh, our family in east, at east sunshine and in springfield and we all miss you too Blessings.